By the time this video releases, the Big Ten will have released their 2024 and 2025 schedules as of yesterday afternoon. And boy, I, along with many of you I imagine, have plenty of thoughts to offer, especially on the protected rivalries, the way that the scheduling system works, and as a symptom of those things, some teams totally got the long end of the stick and the short end of the stick. So we're going to be discussing all of that today, and I'm going to go through USC and UCLA, especially because they're the reason why this is happening. They are the two add-ons that are coming and joining the Big Ten in 2024. We'll see if Washington, Oregon, or other teams decide to join. Notre Dame and Miami getting American Association of University status is ringing a lot of bells in people's minds that maybe they will join the Big Ten, but there's no confirmation yet. These schedules could totally change depending on what teams join or maybe lack thereof and no one joins and it's just USC and UCLA but they're here so why not talk about it especially since 2024 is already a big year of change I want to discuss this I'm very excited for 2024 the new Big Ten the new college football playoff so we're going to be talking about all of that so make sure to watch the whole video through subscribe to the channel if you have not already comment your thoughts on the 2024 and 2025 schedules for the big 10 down below and hit the notification bell so you can get notified about more big 10 and college football content period amen let's begin it off with usc and ucla talking about the new schools that are going to join the big 10 and then we'll talk about schools that have been contenders either in their past conferences or in the Big Ten and how the schedules in 2024 and 2025 especially, but also their protected rivals or lack thereof. Yes, there is one team with no protected rivals affects their ability to compete. And yeah, let's just dive right in. Okay, first and foremost, I want to talk about UCLA and USC. Both teams have each other as protected rivals. That's it. And I like this. This isn't like, you know, Texas A&M joins the SEC and LSU all of a sudden becomes their rival. Or Texas A&M joins and, oh, look, well, they're all of a sudden rivals with Alabama. Now, creating new rivalries is awesome. And I think that it's something that, you know, maybe this protected rivalry future will evolve, especially as the Big Ten and the SEC. I know Greg Sankey claims the SEC's done at 16, but I highly doubt this. Or if they're done with 16, what's going to eventually happen is they're going to invite bigger schools in and kick the smaller schools, maybe like Vanderbilt, out and just leave it at 16, but kick out the teams that are inferior athletically in exchange for those that are superior when athletically with a better athletic program. They might move even more away from academics. The whole college football landscape could. But I think that the Big Ten, 
obviously seeing that Washington and Oregon are interested potentially. And again, Notre Dame and Miami gaining AAU status is huge. I imagine the Big Ten is probably aiming for that 20-team spot, which I think is a sweet spot. And adding Notre Dame is good. Washington and Oregon give you UCLA and USC some more natural geographical rivals and teams to compete with. And then Miami, while it doesn't necessarily make sense, neither did USC or UCLA geographically. But it gives the Big Ten another footprint in a major media market, which I hate that money's driving the sport now. Some would say it's ruining it, but it is the reality. And I'm just a 20-year-old adult slash someone called kid. So I can't change much, but I can talk about it. So I like that for now, especially since this is the first few years of them being in the Big Ten, there's no forced rivalries. There's just tradition. They're protecting it by protecting the USC-UCLA rivalry and not forcing any rivalries on these two teams. I love that. However, their schedules are extremely hard. They're very challenging. They do not have cupcake schedules one bit. When you look at UCLA's 2024 schedule, for example, you see at Hawaii hosting Fresno State to open up the season, and then, wow, a road game at LSU in Tiger Stadium. And that's not where the fun ends, folks, because they have a road game at LSU, but then they also play a road game at Iowa and Michigan, and then they host Minnesota, Nebraska, and Ohio State. Those are just some of the conference games that I'm listing that have my interest. They also play a road game at Rutgers, Indiana, and they do host Northwestern. That's a tough schedule. That's much tougher than the schedule that UCLA is going to be playing in 2023, where they don't face anyone in the non-conference, and they just play at Utah, at Oregon State, at USC, and they really don't host anyone. The toughest team that they host will probably be the Washington State Cougars. So a huge schedule upgrade for UCLA. And then 2025, it gets even worse because they open up against Georgia. Now that game could be canceled. It is the future. But opening up against Georgia August 30th, when they'll have Dylan Raiola on the roster, and he might even be starting at that point, that is just going to be brutal for a team like UCLA. They then play on the road at UNLV, host New Mexico, before jumping in. And the conference games, have their dates have not yet been determined. So after I talk about the non-conference, there are no dates for these games. Keep that in mind. At Illinois, at Michigan State, at Nebraska, at Penn State. Of course, that rivalry game, this time on the road at USC. Then they have home games against Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers and Wisconsin. UCLA's schedule is brutal. It's the definition of brutal. And then USC is the same thing. They face LSU in a neutral site at Allegiant Stadium in 2024 to open up the season September 1st, which will be a Sunday. And they play Notre Dame. They'll play Notre Dame November 30th on in 2024. So those are two good non-conference opponents. And they have road games at Purdue and Penn State. 
And that's just 2024. I have the 2024 schedules up there because those are those are the closest to us. It makes the most sense to talk about those since we have a better idea of what the teams will be like in 2024 than 2025. But they also play at Northwestern and Maryland, and they play at UCLA. I did not list the rivalry games in the bullet points up there just because we already know they're going to be playing each other annually. We know those are going to be the protected rivalries. And then they host Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin in 2024. And then in 2025, they host Ole Miss to open up the season, play at Notre Dame October 18th with a game in between those against Georgia Southern, which will be a blowout, obviously. And they play at Minnesota, at Ohio State, at Rutgers, at Wisconsin, hosting Indiana, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and of course, UCLA. Just a brutal schedule. And I think looking at the amount of road games, the weather's going to be dramatically changing, and just the amount of defense, the round-robin scheduling, what it has done is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It has not perfectly leveled the playing field, as we're going to see with protected rivalries, but it the disparity is so much less. And with all the defenses like Iowa, Minnesota, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, especially against those teams, and look, even teams like Rutgers have been able to field competent defenses, and Illinois is on the rise there. It will be hard for Kelly's and Riley's spread air raid spread option, no huddle, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be very hard for those offenses to smoothly function in the Big Ten. And for those teams' defenses, Lord have mercy. I expect Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State to probably rush for 200 or more yards against those defenses unless it can get figured out. The schedules are brutal, but the former Pac-12 teams with their offensive firepower, I just said it, might not be able to work smoothly, but I do expect them to win most years and win big some years, especially USC with their elite recruiting and Lincoln Riley as their head coach. So now getting those two programs out of the way, let's go through and just talk about a few Big Ten teams and react to their schedules. So Penn State, remember that team that I said had no protected rivals? Well, Penn State's one of them. In my opinion, they at least should have protected the Michigan State-Penn State rivalry, which was played nearly every year since Penn State joined the conference. They they fight for the land-grant trophy since I think they're the only two Big Ten universities that got land grants from the government. And there's a history behind that rivalry, and it's been very competitive. Penn State and Michigan State have gone back and forth for basically the past decade. Penn State under Franklin has struggled against Michigan State, but they've beaten Michigan State as well. They've beaten them pretty soundly some years, 2019, 2020, 2016 when they won the Big Ten. And they've also lost to them in heartbreaking fashion in 2017, 18, 2021. They also beat Michigan State last season, got crushed by them in 2015. So it's been competitive in recent memory. And it typically has closed out the year. At least it did in 15, 16, 21, 22. And I think it closed out Michigan State's season in 2020, though not Penn State's as they went on to play 
Illinois. So Penn State, they get a huge benefit with no protected rivals. I mean, that right there, that's a, that's a massive benefit. I don't know what else to say because they don't have to play Ohio State yearly. They don't have to play Michigan yearly. They don't have to play Michigan State yearly. They get a nice rotation. To a certain degree, that means they're not exactly knowing what they get every year. Like there's no Michigan or Ohio State where you know what their identity is. But I think the pros outweigh the cons, especially since you know schedules or at least a general idea years in advance. And coaches aren't going to be preparing for a game years or even a year down the road anyway. They're going to be preparing for the next game up. And James Franklin knows that. I think their schedule is easy. Let's check this one out. This is going to be incredible. Just just l- listen very closely to Penn State's absolutely powerful list of opponents. At West Virginia, that's like going into a barn, but you don't even have to set the barn on fire because it's burning, and Neil Brown will probably be fired after this year. Hosting the mighty Bowling Green Falcons, and the even mightier Kent State Golden Flash, who's, who lost all of their good players, one of them to Penn State and Dante Cephas, it gets even better. Road games at Indiana, at Purdue, at Rutgers, at Wisconsin. Keep in mind this is 2024. That is a weak road game slate. Wisconsin will probably be the only competent opponent out of all of them. Maybe Purdue, but even so, Penn State by far out-talents all of those teams on recruiting alone. Their home slate, Michigan State, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, USC. The only team, the only team who has better talent far and away than Penn State in the 2024 schedule is Ohio State, and they have them at home. There's no Michigan on the road, which could be a death sentence and often was for James Franklin when he played in a full big house. I mean, I just don't see the negative outside of history, tradition, or enjoying rivalries. I don't see a negative for not having a protected rival for Penn State. The the Ohio State game is by far the biggest game of the year. The USC game is big too, of course, but USC has to travel a long distance. It's going to be in October or November, so the weather is going to be dramatically different too. And Penn State is a good defense. Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen both will probably be back in 2024, and they'll probably be able to run through that Alex Grinch defense. So Penn State, if this year isn't the year, talking about 2023, and I don't think it is, in 2024 is, Penn State better win 11 or 12 games in 2024. Their schedule is set up perfectly for it. Their biggest road games will be at Wisconsin and Purdue, and they host Ohio State, USC, and Michigan State probably as their biggest home games. Their 2025 slate is tougher. I will give them that. It is more challenging. They play at Iowa, at Maryland, at Michigan, and at Michigan State. And at USC as well. And they host Minnesota and UCLA, Illinois, and Rutgers. It's an overall harder schedule. But they don't play Ohio State anymore. So so there's no longer playing Michigan and Ohio State every year for Penn State. 
which is a huge break and a good one for James Franklin. I don't know if it's welcomed by the fan base. I certainly don't welcome not playing at least one team every year, whether it should have been Michigan State or Ohio State's up for debate. But having Ohio State play both Michigan and Penn State every year was probably too hard in the eyes of Gene Smith. And I can't imagine anyone volunteering to play two of the best teams in the Big Ten annually. Can't imagine that. So perfectly understandable. Let's talk about Nebraska now. And this will be shorter because Nebraska has Iowa as a protected rival. Their schedule is more moderate. You know, it's 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 better to talk about the things that are outliers here. And Nebraska's schedule is not exactly an outlier. They're going to play in the Heroes game probably at the end of the year, as is the tradition. And this was a rivalry game, I think, before Nebraska joined the Big Ten. Now, there were years where it was on a hiatus, obviously. But over the past few seasons... Pardon me. This game has been amazing. From Nebraska choking it away in 2021 to Nebraska coming out of nowhere and burning one of the better secondaries in the nation in 2022, there's history behind that rivalry. So I'm glad they kept it around. Their 2024 schedule, there are games at Iowa, UCLA, and Penn State. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I I love this round-robin schedule, and I'm loving the protected rivalries. There's also an interesting concept here. I'm going to link several articles down below. The concept's called a Flex Protect Plus. So there are games that are played two years in a row. They're called two-play opponents that will be played both home and away in 2024 and 2025. For Penn State, that was Michigan State, Rutgers, and USC. For Nebraska, it's Minnesota and UCLA, with Iowa being the game that will be played every single year unless there is a major change being made. Nebraska's 2024 schedule opens up against UTEP, Colorado, and Northern Iowa. All of those are dated August 31st, September 7th, and September 14th. The conference games, of course, need I remind you, do not have dates attached to them. But there are road games at Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, at UCLA, and home games against Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. In 2025, their schedule opens up against Akron September 6th, a road game at Cincinnati September 13th, and a weirdly placed October non-conference game against the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. And then the conference games consist of road matchups against Maryland, Minnesota, Ohio State, and USC, and home games against Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers, and the Bruins. So obviously the 2025 schedule with both Michigan and Ohio State and USC, that is a brutal schedule. I mean, even some of the Scott Frost teams that had tough schedules, I don't know if they've seen a schedule like that. But I think all in all, because there's only one protected rival, and it's not one of the big three, or more importantly, the the big two, maybe two and a half, seeing that Penn State's been recruiting better, and they have been a part of that big three. It's just Michigan and Ohio State have been more so at the top historically and in recent memory. 
I don't think Nebraska exactly got the short end of the stick here. Maybe it was shorter than a lot of other teams, but you got one you got one protected rival. Now with Iowa, what's fascinating is they, on the contrary, have three protected rivals. They have Nebraska, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And I think that that could be a blessing and a curse. The blessing is the more protected rivals you have that aren't Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, I imagine the probability that you're going to be playing those teams is less. So hooray, unless you're an Iowa fan that does not like the Ferences, the Ferences are going to have more wins, more winning seasons. They're going to preserve some of that Big Ten West schedule. But on the flip side of it, if you want good games, if you like big, important games, you're going to be missing out. The other flip side of it, of course, is Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin are all teams that are on the rise. There are no cupcake-guaranteed games for the Iowa Hawkeyes either. And that matters because Iowa isn't this... They don't have this massive talent advantage over any of their protected rivals. They don't. So, blessing in disguise... Also, maybe a curse in disguise, but for Iowa, at least you get to play three games every year. And the more rivalries, as long as they actually matter, the better. But there is one rivalry game, of course, that we all know that is truly the one that's the most important. You don't need more than one rival if you have this rivalry. And that's what has been on the screen in front of you for a minute or so. The game. Ohio State and Michigan only need that rivalry. Now, as a Michigan fan, and we'll get to Michigan in a few minutes, I think they need Michigan State too. And I think to a certain degree, Ohio State needs a little bit of Penn State. Or maybe if you think that's too tough of a slate to have Ohio State facing both Michigan and Penn State, maybe you can throw in Illinois and rejuvenate the Eli Buck Trophy, which is an adorable turtle. I'm excited that that game is coming back in 2024. But all in all, Ohio State only wanted one protected rival. Understandable. Penn State has none, and to face Michigan and Penn State yearly would put Ohio State in a tougher position schedule-wise than the rest of the conference. Instead, they just have Michigan, and that kind of evens everything out. However, they don't get the easy way out, because Penn State you know, not having a protected rival, there's an, an upside and downside to that, both in terms of scheduling and in terms of wanting quality games and elite rivalries. Ohio State's schedule, look, I would say it's a moderate. I don't think it's getting the easy way out like Penn State or having a challenging slate either. I think it's in the middle. It's kind of like Nebraska and like the other schools that we've talked about. I look at Ohio State, and I'd also say like USC and UCLA. Those those are moderate Big Ten conference schedules. I'd say UCLA, just given talent, would probably lean toward hard. But USC, definitely moderate given their talent and given the fact that they do have a protected rivalry that has some competency to it. Ohio State's schedule in 2024 consists of Southern Miss, Western Michigan, and Marshall in the non-conference. So that's not tough there. Again, as I've mentioned already several times, no dates determined yet for the Big Ten games. 
Ohio State, though, has road games at Michigan State, at Minnesota, at Penn State, and at UCLA. And they have a home game against Illinois, which is a rivalry game technically. There is a trophy, the Eli Book Trophy, as I've already mentioned. They also host Iowa, Michigan for the game, Northwestern, and Rutgers. So they play both Michigan and Penn State this season. And by this season, I mean like the first season of the 16-team Big Ten with round-robin schedules and no divisions. And they also play a road game at UCLA where they'll be traveling several thousand miles to a state with totally different weather. And they also, you know, Huntington Bank Stadium is not an easy place to win. Maybe Michigan State with their new secondary coach can get things figured out. So there is some places for resistance against Ohio State. And then in 2025, I'd say this is apparent right here. First of all, Ohio State opens up against Texas, who the way they've been recruiting, they could be a power in 2025. They open up against them August 30th. They only have two scheduled non-conference games, but they'll get that sorted out. They currently have another one against UConn October 18th. They have road games in conference against Illinois, Michigan, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin, and they have home games against Indiana, Maryland, Nebraska, and USC, where Lincoln Riley has went into the shoe and won before in 2017 with Baker Mayfield. That was the first year that he was the head coach at Oklahoma. He'll be back, and his offenses, we've seen what they can do. Ohio State's defense, which has struggled against the pass and elite quarterbacks, better be ready. First and foremost, before we move on, when it comes to Ohio State's schedule, I just want to say this, and this is a credit to Ryan Day. The way Ohio State has recruited, even with the spots of resistance and the toughness on some of these schedules, are Ohio State fans scared? Does anyone think that this schedule prevent, like, prevents Ohio State from doing anything? No, absolutely not. Not one bit. Even if Ohio State were to somehow face Michigan, Penn State, and USC all in the same year, which would be insane and is unlikely to happen, their talent is so above the rest of the Big Ten. It, it, it is outer-worldly. Even compared to Michigan, who's beaten them and beaten them soundly the past two seasons and will probably do the same to a lesser degree, in my opinion, this season. I mean, I'm a Michigan fan. I think Michigan's winning it all this year. And I think they're going to beat Ohio State this year. Not by a 15 or 22 point margin. I think it will be closer. But I think home field advantage and a schematic matchup and more experience will help. The problem is Ohio State has superior talent, which goes into coaching as much as Michigan's development is credited to coaching. And the round-robin schedule benefits Ohio State because you lose to Michigan in the past, you're out of the championship game because the West representative goes instead of you. Now Ohio State can lose to Michigan and they can rematch again. And for a team that has that much talent, even if Ohio State makes mistakes, you're going to see them going places that because of the east-west setup that was so horrible it kept them out it denied opportunity for a team with that much talent to do something 
And instead, now with the Pac-12 kind of breaking apart, USC and UCLA leaving it for the Big Ten, potentially Oregon and Washington, depending on what we hear, could be likely. Now Ohio State's going to have more opportunity. You're giving more talent, more opportunity to succeed and do things. And that's going to be good for the Big Ten, not just for winning championships and making the Big Ten championship game more fun and competitive instead of a, a consolation prize for the East. It's also going to help in the college football playoff landscape. And it's going to give the Big Ten a better chance at winning national titles because you'll be able to put Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, potentially all in the same year forward for a playoff run. Up next, we have the Michigan State Spartans. Now, Michigan State has a protected rival in Michigan, and I think their schedule ranking is hard. Michigan State, in getting Michigan, who has more talent than they do, and Michigan hit the NIL era, the transfer portal era, while they were on the rise, and that helped. Michigan State initially hit this on the rise. That's why there was so much hype around the program in the 2022 preseason. But then the 5-7 and seven year losing to Indiana, getting destroyed by Michigan, Ohio State, Washington, Minnesota, losing in a heartbreaker to Penn State, all those things just erased all the goodwill of 2021. Now, I don't think that's smart. I think Tucker should still get credit for that year. And I don't think Tucker is as bad as a head coach as a lot of people are making him out to be. Granted, I didn't think he was as great of a head coach as people said he was after 2021. I've been less reactive when it comes to Tucker than a lot of people have. And I think that Michigan State, even with a tough schedule in 2024 and 2025 and a tough schedule overall, they face Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State in the same year in 2024 with only one protected rival. That is a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face from the Big Ten. But I think Michigan State's got it. I'm not saying they're beating all those three teams. In fact, there's a good chance they'll lose to all those three. But Michigan State, as an anonymous coach said, they're recruiting better at the high school level. They have enough talent to be competitive and beat any team in the Big Ten. I still have a lot of respect for Mel Tucker in Michigan State. I think they're going to be better this year in 2023, not to get the years confused, which this video might be doing that, but whatever. I like to give Michigan State and other teams credit when it's due. In 2024, the Spartans open up against Florida Atlantic, Louisiana, and then they travel on the road to Boston College, which road game against Power 5 opponent might look intimidating, but Michigan State off of talent alone should beat the Eagles. They have road games at Maryland, rival Michigan, Nebraska, and Penn State, which that will still be a rivalry due to the trophy, but it won't be this annual thing, which I again think is sad. I think Penn State... I think the reason Penn State didn't get a protected rival is their two biggest rivals were Ohio State and Michigan State, and both already had Michigan, so that would have given Michigan State or Ohio State the shorter end of the stick. So it was just simpler to give Penn State no protected rivals. Maybe Maryland, since Maryland's only protected rival is Rutgers, who's a, even by talent much weaker than the Terrapins are. 
they at least should have given Penn State Maryland or some team. I mean, Maryland and Penn State are technically rivals, so why not give it there? But whatever. Anyway, back to the main point. Their schedule in 2024 is crazy. Again, I mean, their their road matchup, you got Michigan, Penn State. At home, you have Ohio State on top of Purdue, Rutgers in Indiana, and Illinois. So a lot of easy home games, but still the Ohio State game. And that's 2024. Very hard schedule for Tucker and company in 2024. In 2025, the Spartans host Western Michigan, Youngstown State, and Boston College. They have road matchups at Indiana, Iowa, Minnesota, USC, and Wisconsin. And then they host Michigan, Penn State, UCLA, and Northwestern. So I'd say Michigan State. 2023, I think they're going to have the toughest schedule in the country. 2024 and 2025, they're facing like the teams that are probably going to be at least three out of the top four teams, excluding Michigan State, whether they're in the top four or not, we'll have to see. It's more likely than not they'll be outside of that. But USC, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State are going to be the assumed top tier of the conference moving forward because they're going to have the best overall talent, best recruiting, and they're probably going to have the best records at least in the few initial years. And even looking at things from a 2022 and 2023 perspective, they're going to have the best records overall. Most likely, history still has yet to be written for 2023, 2024, and 2025. I'm just making a way too early prediction in very light, very light mechanical pencil. But whatever. This still, I think, is a slap in the face. Like getting, again, three of the presumed top four programs two years in a row. And on top of that, you're currently getting the Big Ten's best program as an annual rival. And I don't know. Michigan State has a really tough slate. They have it hard, that's for sure. So I'm rooting for Michigan State to overcome adversity in this and kind of way too early prediction here too, but I think Tuck can do it. And then finally, we have the Michigan Wolverines, and this may come as laughable, but I do have their schedule ranking as hard. It's not as hard as Michigan State, no, but having Ohio State and MSU as protected rivals when both have bludgeoned Michigan over the past two decades and Harbaugh has struggled against them, yes, It is hard. They also play on the road at USC in 2024. So that, of course, is factored in there. And then look, I know, I know this isn't conference, but they play Texas and Oklahoma when both have recruited extremely well and both will be in the SEC in 24 and 25. They play them in 2024 and 2025. So kudos to Michigan for going from a cupcake schedule of playing the little sisters of the poor and the homeless every year to now playing the inverse of that outside of Oklahoma. I don't know what's going on with that defense there, but but that defense is like Mac level. We'll see if Brent Venables can get that fixed. I think the schedule is hard. I think it's harder than Ohio State's because you have that extra protected rival and Michigan State for all the jokes about them. I don't think they're a pushover. They're not a Rutgers. They're not an Indiana. They're not a Northwestern. They're not even a Maryland or a Purdue or an Illinois. They're they're better than those. 
they're a middle of the road, maybe above average Big Ten program. And that's what they have been, will be, in my opinion. I think there's actually a better chance they ascend rather than descend from that level. Just given their donor base, given their talent, the way they've been recruiting. I mean, even, I I can't explain enough about Michigan State, the respect that I have for them and Ohio State. I know that there's elements of my fan base that are just insane about those two schools, but you got to respect what's successful and you have to respect what's beaten you. And both have been true. Even if they haven't beaten Michigan, And even if maybe in the future, Ryan Day and Mel Tucker just really struggle against Harbaugh, but they do well against every other team, still got to give them respect. Michigan in 2024 has games at USC, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Now tell me that that is not tough. You have road games as Michigan, road games at USC, at Ohio State. That is tough. Now, correction, the Michigan State game, the Michigan State game's at home for 2024, and it's, yeah, it's at home for 2024. It's correctly described as on the road in 2025. So I apologize for that little error there. And then they host Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, and UCLA in 2024. So playing both USC and UCLA in 2024, traveling to Ohio State, Hosting Minnesota and Michigan State, both whom should be competent. I like the direction both of their players are heading, teams are heading on average, and also a game against Wisconsin. And don't forget the game against Texas September 7th either. And then the 2025 schedule, road game against Oklahoma September 6th, road games at Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, at Nebraska, at Michigan State, and then hosting Ohio State and Penn State in the big house, along with Northwestern and Purdue. So Michigan's schedule, at least for 2024 and 2025, is certainly a challenging one. But as a Michigan fan, I like it. Bring it on to the state of Michigan. Make it hard for Michigan and Michigan State. Do it, and I guarantee you that they will surprise people. It'd be the same thing if it were Ohio State. Heck, As much as some people say I don't like Penn State, it'd be the same thing for Penn State. Big Ten's resilient, just like the SEC, in my opinions. It's it's those two against the world right now. And those two conferences with expansion are winning. The Big 12's being wise, kind of staying out of it, picking up the scraps. And I think they'll be an underrated conference. And we'll have to see where the Pac-12 and the ACC go. But... Those are my thoughts overall on the Big Ten's 2024 and 2025 schedules. So thank you all for watching very much. I appreciate your patience. I love talking about this. I'm passionate about it because this is changes to my conference, changes to the sport, changes that affect my team and the teams that I respect and the teams that are good in the conference like USC, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, my own Wolverines, the Michigan State Spartans. I mean, P.J. Flex, Minnesota, I think, is a team on the rise. And going from a weak division like the West, where you can mess around and still win big games and get double-digit wins, and, and then there's changes. And it's exciting, it's fun, 
and I can't wait to experience this all with you guys. So God bless. Subscribe if you haven't already, whether you're listening on Spotify or YouTube, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.